Good morning. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Avoiding the Puddle. My name is Eris, and I'm here again with MYK. What's up, Mike? What's up, Eris? How you doing, dude? Uh, just chilling, man. Just got back from Evil this weekend. Pretty hype weekend. I know. I think... I feel like the last two or three weeks have just been out of control. There's been event after event. I mean, I personally have been, like, in San Diego, in Vegas, and I know you went to San Diego, too. Yeah, it was, it's just been out of control, and I've, it's, the recovery process has started, so. it sucks. Yeah, I know, I know. It's kind of depressing this year, actually. Like, usually it's kind of cool, and I'm, like, really hyped up after EVO, but this year after EVO, it just feels like it was so good that now there's nothing left. You know, like yeah. I was yesterday. I was kicking it with Insomnitech, and we were just sitting outside. Like, what the fuck do we do now? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, damn, <laughs> it's over. You know, so that's kind of kind of whack. But man, Evo was insane, and we just have so much stuff to cover in this episode of the podcast. That I mean, I don't even know how we're gonna do it. So let's just jump into it and try and cover as much shit as possible. Um, first of all. I want to start with Comic-Con. Um, right. we, we both were there, and it was, what was it, like a four-day event, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really know too much about Comic-Con. I've been there three years already, and I've never even given a shit about comic books. You know, I just go for Tekken. And oh, yeah. This year, it was especially, like, big for Tekken. I mean, they had, like, a... Panel for Tekken, and they had Tekken Tag 2 playable there with four cabinets. And you know, they had a big tournament which was split up into three days. And it was just like not like last year, I won the Tekken tournament at Comic Con and I won a Vulex stick. This year, it was like you know, all these prizes and you know, all these you know, sponsors and stuff. It was really like a big step up. So yeah, um, definitely put it put it in big. Man. Yeah, and it, it's I know like a lot of people are kind of bent out of shape about it. Like you know what the hell, uh, West Coast gets all the cool stuff, and I have to say you know uh, there is a there is some truth to that. I don't I don't know what their marketing strategies are, and I don't know why they make the decisions they make. I mean I of course don't work for Namco, but there is some. Uh, I mean these people that are pissed off that that all the cool stuff happens over here on the west coast they have some right you know to say that you know i i, I kind of agree in a way but you know it's really not your or my issue you know as far as i'm concerned my stance is like you know fuck it i'll take what i could get and you know it's cool i i enjoyed it i really had a good time uh you were there for were you there for two or three days uh i was there for two days okay and thursday and saturday right yeah and I guess, like, one of the things that I wanted to talk about about Comic-Con was um, the build that they had there was actually the E3 build of Tekken Tag 2. And, you know, I've, I've actually, I had a really interesting experience there because at, at the beginning of Comic-Con, I really was still enjoying the game from E3. Like, I was really liking it and I thought it was cool. But because we played in a tournament there and I got to kind of... Um, 
get that but, tournament feel. For yeah, them. you don't really know a game until you, you know how they that say fear, that tournament fear. Yeah, you know how they say like you never really know a girl until you've moved in with her. That's kind of how it is. You never know a fighting game until you've moved in with that bitch and played <laughs> a tournament match. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what happened. Like, I really thought the game was cool, tag, whatever, it's fun, all these combos. But when I played that game against Rip in that tournament we played, and I realized how easy Netsu is to obtain, oh, yeah. I was really not digging Tekken Tag 2 at that point. And I thought that Netsu, like in Tekken 6, I did a write-up on, on the website about this. But oh, yeah, case, I, just, I just read it. So. Yeah, in case you're, uh, you know, the people listening are like me and they hate to read, uh, I'll explain my stance on it right now. And then I, I wanna, I'm curious how you feel about it. Okay. Um, the way I feel about Tekken 6 is that even though Rage is a comeback mechanic, there is a way to avoid it, and many matches go by without Rage even being a factor. Secondarily, Rage only happens at a certain part of the match, so it's kind of controlled and predictable. Now, that's why I like it in Tekken 6. But in Tekken Tag 2, Netsu is unavoidable and potentially could happen several times in one round. So no matter what, you're going to give your opponent Netsu. And no matter what, they're going to be able to tag in. Now, the thing is, in Tekken Tag 2, as of right now, it's very difficult to prevent your opponent from tagging out. Um, you can punish the inbound character when they come in, and that's cool, but it doesn't matter, because even if you punish them and you don't kill them, they're still left with Netsu. So the problem I had with Tekken Tag 2, as of Comic-Con, was that it just felt like you could die at any moment because Netsu was all over the place. It was just like, Netsu tag two, you know? <laughs> After Comic-Con, I just kind of had a bitter taste in my mouth for that build. Um, and I'm curious, did you did you kind of feel that way as well, or how did you feel about it? Um, you know, everything you said about Tekken 6 was pretty much true. I mean, you could kind of avoid it. You, you could, you know, kind of gauge it out, you know, and stuff like that. But in... Tag two, you know, your first character would lose about 40%, and then they start blinking for the second character, and it's like, okay, they can tag in now. As soon as they tag in, yeah, they might get hit with the launcher, but then the Netsu lasts for, like, exactly 10 seconds. Yeah. So as soon as that two, you know, that four or five second combo ends, they still have half their Netsu left, and then they hit, like, one Death Fist, and then you lost more life than, you know, you had on them. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous, but I don't know. It kind of just made... Kind of just made like uh, the whole tagging aspect very uh, unique, I guess. Like you have to very sparingly tag, and you can't tag in unsafe situations. It's like, oh no, uh, I'm down on life. I have to tag now. It's not like that, but it was kind of more like, okay, I'm knocked down now. Do I get up? You know, do I do I back roll? You know, it was kind of it, it made Oki a little bit more interesting. I felt like. Yeah, I can agree with that. I I think. It's, it's odd, just because it's so easy to tag out safely, and I don't mean safely by you won't be punished on the way in, I mean you won't be stopped. Like, oh, yeah. you know, tagging is now like a really evasive and viable tool to get out of trouble. You know, a lot, a lot of a lot of players have already been trying to like catch people trying to, you know, tag out and stuff, yeah. and it's like, even if you hit them, like let's say a Jin player does a 4-4-2 to try to catch them, or like a Steve player yeah. does a 4-4-2. It doesn't really matter because 
they tag out so fast, and even if you hit them, like let's say with Jin's four four two, it's just like a Marvel snapback or something. You hit them, and then they're already off the screen, and then the second character's already in. Yeah, and it's very risky because the thing is, even if you attempt to hit them on the way out, it's so unlikely that you will, and then most likely what will happen is you'll whiff your attack, and the inbound character can just punish you because yeah. you can attack so quickly on the way in. So I was very – see, that's the thing. The reason I wanted to bring that up is because there is a point I want to make a little bit later. But as of right now, you and I both agree that as of Comic-Con, the, the Netsu system was overpowered, and it was kind of not – it was just weird the way the game was functioning. You can agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean – the, on, the only problem I found with Netsu was that it lasted too long. Yeah. And the next one would probably be um, it did way more than it felt like in Tekken 6. Like, compared to Rage damage and then Netsu damage, Netsu damage seemed like it was like two times worse or 1.5 times worse. I'm not that. sure. I had heard that it's the same as far as percentage, but possibly mm. the scaling is different. So... I don't know. It's it's hard to know the numbers without having like a practice mode, you know. But, yeah, whatever the formula is, like I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and it it also happens. You get it very easily, and also happens very often too. So. You can get it. You can get it twice in a round. Your first character loses forty percent. You tag him in, okay? Yeah. You, your second character loses forty percent. The second, the third, you know, the first point character gains back a couple life bars, a couple hit HP from their first life bar, and then. They get uh, Netsu again. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, very weird. Um, so anyway, so Comic-Con was cool, I guess. I mean, the, another, the, the other thing other than getting to play Tekken Tag 2 and playing in the tournaments, the other major thing, at least for me, because they announced all kinds of shit that I don't care about, but the other thing that I thought was interesting is they announced that Tekken Tag 2 uh, Hybrid or whatever it's called, Tekken Hybrid, mm -hmm will have a demo of Tekken Tag Tournament 2 included in the package. And that was kind of mind-blowing to me. I, I mean, that means a lot of things. Um, first of which is that that means that in some way they are working on the console version of Tekken Tag 2. Um, now, I don't know like exactly what this means in terms of the final release, but logic tells me that why the fuck would you make a demo for a game that isn't going to come out for two years. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, even though they haven't announced anything about, you know, the final version, I think this is a really good sign for the people such as myself that were very disappointed when we found out that the arcade release would not be available in North America. I mean, this is kind of a good sign that maybe we'll be able to play the game earlier than, than we thought. You know? So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I was thinking about it, and I feel as though there is definitely a plan behind all the, you know, showings in America that they're having. Because why would they be showcasing Tag 2 at, you know, Comic-Con, you know, putting in a bunch of money and doing it at Evo and, you know, doing panels and all that stuff? Why would they do that if, like, nobody cared? You know, people are like, oh, my God, I get to play a demo on Tekken Hybrid later this year. Yay. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, you know, as as much as uh, people criticize their marketing, and even I myself have been kind of confused as to why they've made decisions that they've made in the past. Um, I mean, you know, for example, you know, tap out and like, you know, I mean, what does that really have to do with anything? But, but they always seem to pull their shit together, and it all comes together like they have a plan. Yeah, so 
it's all part of their master plan. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed and I'm being optimistic that hopefully they have something planned and you know they're gonna drop it on us soon. That you know there will be some way for America and the rest of the world that isn't gonna get the arcade version to play Tag Two. I mean, I'm hopeful and I think that's a possibility. Um, the next event that we went to, which was like a few days after Comic Con, was the Tekken. Uh, what's it called? The movie? What's it called? Blood. Play live. Uh, the Blood Vengeance. Yeah, Tekken Blood Vengeance movie premiere. Uh, we went to that. It was kind of a big deal, a bigger deal than I thought it would be. There was like a ton of people. They had a tag two set up there. Um, they were giving away shirts and all that shit. And you know, whatever. I'm not really into anime movies, so I guess like it wouldn't really be fair for me to criticize the movie that much. Are you into anime? Not really. Yeah, me either. So, I don't know. I Personally, I wasn't, like, in love with it. The funny thing is, after the movie, I mean, it looked cool, I guess. It was in 3D and shit, but after the movie, Harada came up to me outside when I was having a cigarette, and he was like, oh, you know, how? what did you think of the movie? And I kind of, like, looked at him, and I was kind of like, mm, I like the game, you know? And <laughs> he hit me, dude. He hit me in the chest. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So then me and him got into a fist fight in the middle of the street. It was pretty hardcore. But, uh, no, it was really cool. It was really fun, um, despite the fact that the movie was all right, you know. Uh, there was a lot of people there, and I think, for me, the most significant part of that event was they had that little exhibition thing in the movie yeah. theater, which was kind of lame. They're doing a lot of exhibitions for yeah. some okay. I think they just want the the general public to see the game being played by multiple different people who kind of know how to play but, I mean, that that was lame. I didn't really care about that. They had us, like, five of us play against Kyle Police, whom I later fell in love with at EVO. But um, <laughs> they had us play against her, right? But the cool thing about it was the movie theater that we were in was, like, a big-ass, like, two-story IMAX theater, right? Yeah. And they, and they projected had... Tekken on the movie theater screen. So I had never seen, uh, you know, any fighting game displayed on a screen that big so yeah that was kind of cool <laughs> yeah that, that was the thing that was noteworthy it was pretty cool and then we were playing for the theater you know and they were like cheering and shit so that was pretty fun um but other than that you know that was another event that came and went and then i was planning on writing um you know like a little write-up on what i thought about comic-con's uh build of tekken but before i even got a chance to man it it, it began evolution 2011 and I mean, there was just so much shit that happened and so much shit to talk about that, I mean, I can't even, I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. Um, <laughs> I guess we could start, we could go in order, okay, in order right. of events. Um, so, I got there on Thursday, Thursday night, actually Friday morning, very early, and Friday is when I had to play in Mortal Kombat pools. Uh-huh. Um, now, I... This year in particular, I focused a lot on Mortal Kombat. Like, I really tried hard to prepare in that game. And I actually did a lot better than I thought I would. I I got to... I I won my pool in winners. um, And then I got all the way to one match away in winners for top eight, right? Then you had to play real, right? The first match I had to play was Perfect Legend. So all I had to do was be Perfect Legend and I make top eight, right? And, of course, you know, like, we have a good match, and then he beats me. So I'm like, okay, now I'm in losers, and I'm one match away from top eight still. And Mm -hmm. all I had to do was beat Rio, and I would have made top eight, and he beat me. So I ended up being 
I ended up getting ninth, one spot short of top eight. But the thing that makes me feel a little better about it is that both Perfect Legend and Rio ended up winning the whole tournament. So I lost to the two best players there. So I'll take it. Not bad. Ninth place. Uh, you know, it's an acceptable uh, performance by me. But there was one incident. Now, this is Evo. And I don't know if you recall, Mike, but last Evo, there was the controversy, controversy about core and home buttons and all that shit, right? Yep. Well, no Evo would be complete without some sort of fucked up controversy. And let me explain to you what happened during MK Pools and why it was so fucked up. So during M MK Pools, in another pool that I wasn't a part of, what happened was, apparently, this... The, Player A and Player B, I don't even know their names, they played their match out, and Player A realized that Player B was playing on a PlayStation 3 DualShock 3 controller, uh -oh. which, is, which is banned, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> After the match, he realizes that, that this guy just beat me with a banned controller. So he calls the ref over, and he tells the ref, right? And there are no judges around, so the player has to be the judge, right? When there's no referee watching your match, it's the opponent's job to be the judge. Now, this guy, whoever it was, fucked up because he did not notice that this guy was using a wireless controller mm -hmm. until after until after the match. Now, the controversy lies... Like, they called me over and I kind of put my input in, but it's not my problem. But the referee decided that they, he would let them play it over again. Mm -hmm. Now, that is just the biggest catastrophe ever. That is a major mistake. And that's for two reasons. First of all, let's say I'm playing against you, Mike, in a tournament. And I knew that that would be the case. What I would do is I would look into your hands and see that you're using a DualShock controller. But Call I would, it right away. I would just play it out. If I won, I won. If I lost, I'd be like, yo, you used the DualShock controller. Let's play again. <laughs> that's not very fair, right? Yeah. Secondarily, if that guy, the referee, allows them to replay their match... He should allow every single person that this DualShock guy played replay their match as well, which is impossible. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's impossible. Yeah. So the decision they made to replay that match, uh, and the most fucked up thing is the other person ended up winning after they replayed. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was just a really fucked up situation, and it kind of happens. Uh, the lesson to learn here is that when you're playing in a tournament match and there is no judge watching, you are the judge. You are responsible. If the other person fucks up or breaks the rules or does anything, it's your job. You got to put your foot down, stop the match, and and you know take care of it. Call yeah. someone. Come on, guys, handle your shit. That shit was listed, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you just have to be your own referee, your own judge, because no one else is gonna do it for you, and you can't let other people make decisions for you, because you know the as much as I respect the people who volunteer to be referees at Evolution. You know, they're just players, and... And half of them never ran a tournament before. Exactly, yeah. You know, I, didn't, I don't want to be a dick or anything, but come on, most of them are jobbers, you know? <laughs> like, we, I was very lucky that every pool that was ran by players that I was in, they, they all went really smooth and legit. But it's not like there's a screening process or a background check when it comes to volunteers for EVO. I mean, they'll take what they can get. So, you know, you got to be very careful. You got to, you know, make sure that you don't... Leave your tournament life in the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're talking about, you know? Yeah. So that was the kind of drama in MK. So I ended up getting ninth, and, um, you know, top eight was really cool. And I guess the the next thing that happened was Tekken 6 pools. 
and um, that was really interesting. For the record, Mortal Kombat got 500-plus players, and Tekken 6 got 200-plus, which is actually a lot for Tekken 6. Um, what was your experience for uh, Tekken 6? How did it go for you? Um, well, yeah, I had an 8 a.m. pull on mm. Thursday for Street That's Fighter. That's rough, dude. That is rough. And then I had an 8 a.m. pull for for what game was it? I think it was Tekken for 8 a.m. for <laughs> Saturday, and that wasn't fun. But it's uh, really tough, man. I mean, uh, my pools were at 10 a.m. and 12 p.m., so I got lucky with that. But that's tough, man. Yeah, two days, 8 a.m. That wasn't cool. But um, I don't know, man. I was I woke up, I went down, I played some warm up matches, and I thought I was doing okay until I had to play Jackie Tran. Mm-hmm. And I realized, damn, my throw breaking is not in there. And then all he did was throw me to death, and I was like, that's tight. Wow, that's really weird. You're usually, like, super fucking good at throw breaking. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, but I don't know. I guess I guess the fatigue finally kicked in or something, but, yeah, right. I'm not making any excuses. I just I just lost. Yeah. I didn't break anything. I hear it. For those of you who don't know, Jackie Tran is actually a former EVO champion. He won uh, Tekken 4, I think it was in 2005. Um. Yeah, he's a he's a good player. I mean, you know, he plays Jack, right? Yeah. 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 So that's pretty crazy. Um, anything else interesting happened? I mean, that day was kind of weird because it for me Tekken Six pools went from it was like a peaks and valleys situation where it would be really boring and then all of a sudden some crazy matches happening like Genius versus Rip. Yeah. And, like, everyone is on top of chairs and shit, yelling and screaming. It was really cool seeing the photographs because, like, you would see France on the left side and fucking USA on the right side. And then France is all in their uniforms with red and stuff. I didn't They're, see that. Yeah, it's really cool. And then you see, like, USA, like, all cheering and happy <laughs> and Rip's doing, like, a supercharged move. And, like, you see, like, people facepalming themselves on the France side. And, like, the other guys, like, looking straight up to the sky, like, why, God? <laughs> you see these i gotta see these i think uh it's on uh car faces smug mug or whatever it's called really? okay someone's gotta send me a link to this because i gotta see that shit yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> that sounds really good anyway um so I mean, that, that got everybody pretty hype and everybody in the room was like what the hell's going on over there and then you just hear like you yeah we were we were chanting and screaming and it was really cool like it was really hype and not just that match i felt like Right after pools, it was like every match was insane. Like, there was just killers versus killers. And it would be like Bronson versus Crow. Or like, just every match was so good that you didn't know what to watch. You know? And yeah. it was like, really hype. And at that point, I thought that Tekken 6 was just gonna be great this year. You know? It was amazing. And... Man, let me tell you, it got to top eight. Let's talk a little bit about top eight. Top eight for Tekken Six. Man, for, first of all, the top eight this year was almost identical to last year. The only yeah. difference was two players. Yeah, Devil Jim was replaced by Fab, and uh, was replaced by Nin was replaced by Ryan Hart. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately. Um, Ryan Hart, who was the Kazuya player, and Mr. Naps, who was the Brian player, both lost immediately when they played top eight. So what that did is it left four bobs and two laws. Ugh. Yeah, and I mean, 
you know, originally I was slated, I was asked by the evil staff to do commentary for Top 8, and I ended up doing commentary for Mortal Kombat. They had asked me to do both, but I was slated to do commentary for Top 8 for Tekken up until Saturday, and I guess, like, Rich decided he wanted to do Top 8 commentary for Tekken, so he, he told Keats that, you know, I want to do it, so they let me know that Rich wants to do it instead of me, and... I am actually very glad that he decided to do that because, in my opinion, Tekken 6 was so boring. I mean, it's really unfortunate for the game because... It, it looked really bad. Yeah, it made Tekken 6 look terrible. I mean, all the people out there that already hate on Tekken 6 for being boring, I mean, if I am a huge Tekken fan and I love it, if I think it was boring, that's a really bad sign, you yeah. know? So, you know, it's really unfortunate that it panned out that way because what's crazy is the level of gameplay was just, like, amazing. Like, these guys are hella fucking good. They're playing totally solid. I mean, just tiny-ass whiff punishing and, like, throw breaking was amazing. Everyone did so well. And, like, you know, Fab uh, Fab and Core, you know, they would just both prove that they were the best, you know. And Core really just performed phenomenally. But, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. That shit was boring. You know, and that's really unfortunate, man. I mean, if history proves to repeat itself, I mean, that could be the nail in the coffin for Tekken 6 as far as competitive gaming goes, you know. Yeah, which is quite unfortunate. But... Yeah, that is usually Evo dictates what happens to that game after Evo. And, you know, in this case, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know of any major events for Tekken 6. Um, we were lucky to have it at Evo again this year, but... You know, I hope I hope um, either Tag 2 comes out very quickly or, you know, people aren't too pissed off about the top 8 at EVO for Tekken 6 or something. Well, see, that's the, that's the point I kind of wanted to bring up. Mm -hmm. Because, um, let's look at it this way. Uh, if the general consen consensus for Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition is that it's a bad game. Twins are too strong, Fei Long is too strong, everyone's bitching and whining, they don't want to play that game. Mm. Ono had to specifically come onto stage and apologize to thousands of players saying, oh, sorry, I made a shitty game. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear about that. It was right before Street Fighter 4, you know, top 8. I missed he, that. What did he say? He came on the stage and he was like, I'm sorry, you know, I pretty much fucked up. Really? We're going to make a new patch. It's coming out for free this winter. You know. Really? Yeah, he specifically came on stage to apologize and then... The thing that I was talking to Rip about, um, mm -hmm. like a couple weeks before Evo, I was like, you know, it's kind of interesting now. If AE sucks, that's going to be a really weird turning point for the fighting game community because Street Fighter is what got people to start playing fighting games again. Yeah. And if their beloved Street Fighter is deemed as a shitty game by the majority, mm -hmm. people are going to try venturing off into other games or either quitting. You know, this is the this is the opportunity that other game companies have that I feel like they should be, you know, grabbing to get in there. You know, oh, Street Fighter sucks. Now it's time to play another game. Well, my rebuttal to that would be that though people complain about AE sucking, they still have to play it, man. There was like 1600 entrants at Evo and there was like tons and hours of money matches streamed in the salty suite and you know everyone fucking plays that game and i think that my guess would be just the fact that people know now that a patch is coming and the game will be fixed i think people are going to stick it out and people are going to still play ae 
just because they know it's going to be fixed and you know it's street fighter you know so oh yeah i'm not i'm not saying that everyone's going to quit but i'm just saying this is the time that they would be more than likely than before yeah, trying I, out other games yeah i understand what you're saying it's it's like a the the magnetic field around street fighter is weak right now yeah. because it's shitty so we can pull people away i kind of understand what you're saying it's just you know it's it's fucked up because it it's all based on uh you know the games and as far as being a tekken fan i think you know it's kind of fucked up that tekken only has one like franchise i mean it's just tekken yeah. but like capcom has marvel they have street fighter they could be bringing out you know uh what do you call it dark stalkers you know they could do a lot and namco you know i know soul caliber is coming out but it's very weird because tekken players don't necessarily like soul caliber and soul caliber players versa, yeah. yeah so that's really fucked up like I, I feel like it's harder for namco to do what capcom is doing easily you know like, there's a shitload of Marvel 3 players that started... I mean, like, Tatsu and Andy OCR, right? Wakey D. And yeah, well, th those guys, they were not players of, as far as I know, previous Marvel games. They came in on Street Fighter 4, right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think that... Like, you, for example, you came in in Tekken 5 DR, right? Yeah. Okay. You came in in Tekken 5 DR... But you don't give a shit about Soul Calibur, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much true. Yeah, I think so, it's because I think it's because that was uh, Tekken Four times where people are like, "Oh, Tekken Four is shitty." Same thing with AE. Let's try a new game. It's yeah. Like, now let's try Soul Calibur. You know. I don't know, but logically, I mean, you know, why why is it that Tekken players are so unwilling to try? Or not unwilling to try, but it seems like by default, other Capcom players are just open to Capcom games, while Namco players are not necessarily open to other Namco games. You know, it's very well, weird. I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that, because when Soul Calibur 4 came out, you know, I bought it like on the first day. Kane went out and tried it. You know, we all tried the game, played it for a little bit. You know, we never got to grind it out as much as we did for Tekken, but... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. This is the first time Soul Calibur has been marketed in the way that, like, Ono and Harada market their shit, so... I gotta say, it looked cooler at Evo. They did, like, a, you know, presentation, and it was really cool because the guy on the... Daishio Odashima was there, and I was lucky to meet him, and the guy on the two-player side who was presenting Soul Calibur... I didn't know who he was, and then I walked up to him, and I was like, hey, what's up, man, and he was like, oh, Audi seen me, like, shook my hand and shit, and I was like, what's your name, and he was like, F-U-G, and I was like, oh, shit, dude, that's like the legendary Soul Calibur Japanese Cervantes player, and I was like, really like, oh, shit, man, I remember this guy, so that was really cool meeting him, and I think the game looks better, it looked better at EVO, than it has any anywhere else. Like, they showed the infinite stage, which looks good. They kind of explained how the EX moves will work. That still blows my mind that that's their first infinite stage. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look back, Soul Calibur 1, it was all small ring stages. They had no large stages and no walls. So, you know, they've been, they've been heading in that direction. 
slowly per game you know they added walls in part two they added larger stages in three and four and breakaway walls and shit so you know now they have at least one infinite stage i think it's a good idea i mean you know we'll see so uh, what are your thoughts on the game do you still not give a shit or are you willing to try i mean i'm always interested in trying all these new fighting games i mean i've fucking played all the fighting games at evil this year other than blaze blue that's true you did um you know, I'm, I'm always interested to try it, but <laughs> the game looks so crazy now. It's like it has meters, and it, you could get like super meters and ex meters, and do all these crazy moves and shit. And like, there's ultras in the game, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to think. Is it is it more like Tekken? Is it more like Street Fighter? Or you know, Soul Calibur is it's very unique. It's its own entity. But it, I mean, assuming that they don't do anything but that's the but that's the basis that everyone's gonna go off of first you know it's like oh it has supers and ultras i I personally don't mind that at all and from what i can tell the way they function is not that crazy i mean what it is is you let's say you have a move right that stuns and the combo for that is you stab them while they're on the ground well you can do an ex version of the stab which stuns them one more time which lets you hit them on the ground. You know? That's not that crazy to me. I mean, it's just like... It's just like what there was before, you know? It's just now you either can or can't do it. So, I don't know. I'm waiting to get my hands on the game and get a real good opinion of it, but as long as they balance it out and they don't fuck up again, you know, I think it could be good. As long as they're open to patches, because they're like... All these games lately, they have to be open to patches, otherwise they won't survive, you know. Yeah, man, I agree, dude. But then, on the other hand, you know, there is a really shitty way to patch games. You know, Mortal Kombat was patched a lot already. And it was like, you know, uh, as 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 great as Mortal Kombat did at EVO, I mean, I was stunned. I did not think that Mortal Kombat would be received so well. I did not think that Tekken would be received so poorly. I mean, the crowd was hype for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Everyone was loving that shit. I think it, if Evo does dictate what happens to a game after Evo, then Mortal Kombat's in good shape. You know, I mean that shit was amazing. People were cheering. It was loud as hell, and there was a shitload of people. So I'm impressed. I was very impressed with that. But as far as patching goes, you know, it's kind of like a slippery slope. You got to be careful. Because you could fuck up, you know? You... Yeah, they shouldn't do, like, patches every other week or something yeah. like that. But... Yeah, I agree. I agree. They have to be careful. And I think it's very doable. Um, I just hope the game sells really well. And, you know, they have the... They're able to justify putting money into the game after it's released. I hope, like, the game does well enough for them to be like, Yo, you know, Namco, we sold this many copies... And we want the game to maintain its integrity on a tournament level. You know, allow us to keep working on it, you know. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But um, there's one thing I wanted. There's this guy that came up to me during T6 Pools. His name was Damien, I think. And he listens to the podcast and shit. And we always promote Evo on the podcast. And he kind of came up to me and shook my hand. Just like I shook like a fucking million hands this weekend, you know. I'm surprised I'm not sick. But, you know, it's cool. You know, I'm really happy to meet people and stuff. But, man, I was really worried. Like, I was washing my hands every five minutes and shit. But um, this guy, Damien, came up to me and he was like, hey, man, you know, nice to meet you, whatever. I'm a fan. But he was like, you know what? I wasn't going to come to Evo, but 
on one of your podcasts, you were like, if you don't go to evil, you're a fucking moron. And he was like, he was like, you know, because of that, I came to Evo, and he he looked me straight in the eye, and he said, you know what, man, you were right. If you don't come to Evo, you're a fucking moron. So, you know, I, I wanted to shout that guy out because like, he went out to Evo. He's not a top player in any game. This was his first tournament. He said, actually, he's never been to any tournaments, and he just went out wearing the. Avoiding the puddle shirt? No, no, that was actually I was gonna talk about him too, but this guy was just a, a just some guy, like he was a young short guy, you know. His name was Damien. I don't even think he has a handle, you know. He just went to Evo because he heard it's dope, you know, and he agreed. And the point I want to make here is that the people that weren't able to go, I mean, you do not know what you fucking missed. I mean, I was fucking time traveling on Saturday night. I mean, it was crazy. It was it was the best time ever. Time traveling. <laughs> but um, another guy I wanted to shout out was that this guy Zap. Uh, he posts on avoidingthepuddle.com. Uh, Zap SRK. He was wearing a limited edition avoiding the puddle shirt worth millions. So shout out to that guy and everyone else that we were able to meet. I mean, it was really cool uh, meeting all the different new people and you know it was it was dope, man. Evo. This was easily the best Evo. Ever. And this was my ninth Evo straight. I've been to nine. I think this was pretty much almost the best Evo for me. And this was my fifth Evo. Yeah, and you know what's crazy, man? Next year is going to be my tenth anniversary for Evos. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't know. what i got to do something special. This year... 2000 on black. Yeah, yeah right, dude. This year <laughs> I did something special. I don't know if we should talk about it on the podcast. But let's just say I was on another planet on uh, Saturday night, but um, I might have to step up my game next year, because Evo is getting too sick. So, shout-outs to Damien, shout-outs to Zap SRK, and everyone else I met, that was really cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the exhibition they had for the 5-on-5 five five for okay. Tekken Tag 2. What did you think of that? Um, I felt like it was pretty good. I mean, they had to... Hype people up, you know, everyone's falling asleep after yeah. watching down ones all day, but that's what I was gonna say. It's unfortunate that it came after you know Tekken, uh, Tekken 6 top 8 because it seemed like everyone at that point was really deflated yeah. and just like, you know, whatever, fuck Tekken, I had enough. So, I don't know, I mean, it was really cool and fun, and it's nice to show the game. Do yeah, people, people, are, people are getting pretty hyped about a lot of things, you know, the tag assault combos and tag throws and all that. Yeah, especially tag throws. But um, it's I think it's important because earlier we were talking about the Netsu system at the Comic-Con build of Tag 2. And I, I think it's important to note that towards the end of Evolution, they let us play on the newest build of Tag 2. And in that build, they kind of toned down Netsu. And not only did they tone down Netsu, but they gave you ways of using Netsu to do things. Like, yeah. there's, there's a new thing called Tag Crash. and it's if you're, the, It's the air dive when you're knocked down. Right. When you're on the ground, you hit 2 plus 5, and that allows you to use your Netsu in order to tag out safely from the ground. Now, I kind of... I, in, in the write-up I did earlier on the website, I kind of associated that with a type of meter. Like, you kind of build meter by obtaining metsu, metsu, Netsu, and then you use it to do special things. Now, what do you think of that idea? 
I thought I, I you know, that's the very first time I saw tag, uh, tag crash. I guess that's what they call it. But uh, you know, it was in those uh, Asian location test videos, and I was like, why don't we have that yet? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, and I didn't, I didn't even know until I didn't even know that you needed your the white flashing bar to use it until this weekend. This past weekend, and I was like, "That is actually pretty good." You know, using up your netsu to safely tag in. Yeah, I, I think that's a great. It's like it totally reminds me of meter in like a Street Fighter game, except there's no meter. But yeah, it really reminds me of that. And I know an an important thing to remember is that the game does it last forever. I mean, can you always do that? What do you mean? Like, let's say you got knocked down once mm-hmm. and you got up, and then the thing is still flashing. Does it still stay flashing until the next time you get knocked down? The flashing thing is Netsu. Like, when I get Netsu, my it, the new flash that they show, that white flashing thing, it's is just a new Netsu. indicator for Netsu. Mm. That's all. So when Netsu goes away, it stops flashing. Okay, but uh, your, your second character that isn't tagged in yet, that Netsu, that white bar lasts forever? No, it lasts the same as Netsu. Interesting. So like, I, let's say I haven't tagged them in though. They're still outside, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, you mean does Netsu go away if you don't use it? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. See, it's like, can you use t- you know that tag you know the tag flash one? Time, right? Yeah, and then knocked out after you first obtained it. You know. That's a good question. I'm not sure if Netsu goes away if you don't use it. Um, maybe someone listening can answer that in the comments, but I, I do know that the the white flashing thing is just a new indicator yeah. of Netsu. And also, they have new sparks, too, like, that come yeah, out. Yeah, there's, like, this circle that goes into, your, like, your character's stomach and something. Yeah, it's like a warp, like, you know, I don't know what the fuck it is, but there's new things, indicators, and I've heard that there's still a possibility of them adding a combo breaker, and I presume mm-hmm. that it will be tied into using your netsu as well so this is like a really cool way for them to not make the game so netsu heavy the way it was at comic-con yeah and i don't like the idea of a combo breaker you don't i personally don't why not and i've talked to a couple people about it too and they also said they don't like it it's because we're looking at it you know combo breakers when we're looking at it we're kind of looking at it as a very early on point of the game because okay let's say casual i hit a launcher oh this does too much damage let's do a combo breaker once per game or whatever right uh-huh um the problem with that is like you gotta think about tournament play your tournament like combos are hard as hell to la- land and it's like as soon as you land one it's like it should be rewarding and combo damage in this game how is hard combos to- hard to land High, high play is pretty hard to land. I, I don't know, man. I think that this game has the most ridiculous launchers of any game ever. I mean, the launchers in this in Tekken 6 and Tekken Tag 2 are just crazy. Hop kicks and down four twos that are safe and, you know, counter hit back ones and just moves that are really, really good and that have not that much risk. You know, that's kind of the reason why a lot of the old-school Tekken players don't play anymore. I mean, even if you talk to some people like Ryan Hart or, you know, Unconquable, you know, all these old-school players, the reason they don't like the game is because you're rewarded so much for landing the one launcher that it's almost not worth doing anything but attempting that. You know, so even though I, I know that's not exactly how it pans out in the end, I think the addition of some type of combo breaker 
depending on how it works, could be a way to kind of make more people like the game. Because at this point in Tekken's timeline, you cannot shorten juggles. I mean, that would be gay. You know? It's really not even that long, though, compared to Tekken 6. I mean, if you're fine with Tekken 6 juggles, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there was a lot of people that were not fine with Tekken 6 juggles. Like, a lot of people didn't like how you get launched and no matter what, you're going to be carried to the wall. But that's just old school players that just can't get with the time. It's like Marvel 2 players bitching about Marvel 3. It's like, yeah, it sucks, but they just have to get, you know, what are they going to do? Still play Marvel 2 by themselves, you know? Yeah, but as, okay, here's my stance on it. As much as I don't support, like, the old man syndrome and people who are unwilling to accept new things and changes, I I agree with you. Those are just the old players that don't want to accept the new, but... If you had the option, wouldn't you want to please everybody? I mean, I would want everyone to like the game. You know, I would want them to do something that would make Super T and Shano and, you know, MIC and, like, just all the old school players that don't play anymore. I would want them to come back because they don't have this problem with the game. You know, so just for the sake of... I don't think it's uh, about the long combos. I feel like it's... More about the combo damage. I feel like if they just fix combo damage, it's not that big of a deal, but that's just my stance on it. Yeah, I, I know. I agree with you. I mean, it's not necessarily the fact that a combo takes X amount of seconds to end. I think it partially has to do with the wall carry. Yeah. I personally know that Ryan Hart, he really doesn't like the fact that it's easy to take someone to the wall. He feels like it, if you... It should be a privilege to take them to the wall. It should take a lot of skill and manipulation and control of the map to get someone to the wall. While in Tekken 6, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. I mean, all you have to do is pretty much hit a launcher at any part of just about any stage, and you're going to take them near the wall. Yeah, but that's also something that uh, Namco has looked into as well. You know, we, we talked to them about it, and they, were, you know, they asked us what we think about the stages, and we all agreed. Bigger stages yeah. with- fix that problem so so far like if you're looking at Tekken Tag 2 stages they're pretty big compared to the average size of a Tekken 6 stage yeah yeah I definitely agree um the stages are bigger so I feel like personally like the whole combo breaker thing I feel like there's other ways to go about it other than adding a combo breaker it feels like combo breakers are very foreign to Tekken you know yeah that's true but I mean come on dude don't like do you I don't know. I just feel like I'm an open-minded guy. Like, I don't want to tell them don't do something when it's just in a concept phase. You know, yeah. I want to see it happen and then complain about it, you know? Yeah. But maybe it's just because so. I'm open-minded. You know, I don't want to play the same Tekken forever, you know? Like, I love Tekken 6. I think it's great. But I want the new Tekken to be a new game, you know? I, I love it, but I can move on, you know? And if this new feature that they add in the new Tekken is something that will bring people together more, bring old players back, or maybe have make new players feel like they stand a chance, you know, it's fine. As long as it's not like something like X Factor or Netsu all fucking day long, you know, I, I'm willing to, I'm open-minded, you know, that's all. I'm just an open-minded type of guy, you know. I know Bronson was bitching about combo breakers, and you're saying you don't like combo breakers either, but... I don't know. I want to see more. I'm interested, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was talking to people about it, and combo breakers, they, I don't know, they might work, but 
We got we we got to see it in the testing stages. Yeah, quite a bit. I agree. I think my advice to everyone is just don't panic. Wait till you see things before you start bitching about them. I mean, either way, it's not like you're gonna make an uh, a difference anyway. You know, so just wait for it to happen and then bitch about it. Don't don't get too crazy until you see what it's all about. You know, um, but other than that, it was really cool. You know, playing tag again and. Seeing everybody, I think, you know, the game has changed so much, like, so fucking much, since from Comic-Con to the newest build, that I almost don't even want to, like, research anymore based on, like, character specifics, because I know, like, it keeps changing so much that, like, who cares, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, The system is kind of interesting to learn about, but, you know, I'm just interested in just seeing how the game is evolving, and we got to do that a few times. I don't know if they've announced when the next time we'll be able to play it is. Do you know? Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I think that was it, personally, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. There might be some kind of location test or something, but, you know, that's all we're hoping for. Yeah, that would be nice if there's a location test here in America somewhere. Realistically speaking, though, I heard that uh, they're releasing... The final game in Japan in September, so... Well, is that right? Yeah, that's what I heard. As soon as September, so... Wow, it's already August. Yeah, so like shit. a month away, it, the game's going to be out in Japan, so... Holy shit. Apparently, the build they had at Evo, the mm-hmm. updated one with the white la- uh, light bar flashing, mm-hmm. uh, it was calling up, it, that build is going to be probably the closest build to the final build. As Really? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that's good to know. I'm curious. Uh, well, I guess we have to wait and find out. That's really cool, though. I mean, to kind of get a time frame on it. I also wonder how much they will alter the game after it's out. I've I've heard that they are making the the game will be capable of being manipulated after it's released because it's connected to Tekken Net and the Banner Pass system. Yeah. And so that was kind of one of their excuses for not giving us a international offline version, but I'm curious how much they're going to alter it like that. Anyway, so yeah, um, that was Tekken. And then I, I also want to give a shout-out to Viscant for winning Marvel 3 because there was a lot of players out there that had said many times that, oh, Viscant is not that good. Oh, that guy's a scrub. And in a game like Marvel where you cannot control anything, that guy you know, pulled through and won relatively convincingly all the way through winner's bracket. So that was really cool, and the props to that. The thing I like about Viscan's play in Marvel mm-hmm. is that he broke he broke his team down into like nine options after Wesker hits you with a combo. Yeah, and it's like there's nothing you can do other than these things, and you know you have to guess. Yeah, I, re- I really like that. I like I like his approach to that game. Yeah, and I think I may be wrong about this, but I think Viscant is the oldest Evo champion of all time. How old is he? I think he's 32 or th- he's over 30. Wow. And I think he's the oldest Evo champion of all time. Um, I'm pretty sure. I was asking around about this, and I c- nobody that I talked to could think of an older, uh, in age, an older Evo champion. So that's pretty dope, I got to say. I got to give it up to him because he's kind of like, that's kind of telling those people out there that think, oh, I'm getting old, my hands are getting slow, whatever. That's like the fucking fastest game ever. And this guy is getting up there, you know, and he was able to kick the shit out of everyone. So, mad props. All the way through winners. 
Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was Punko. Fucking Jesus, dude. Punko beating Daigo, the way he beat him was just retarded. I mean, he got up on the stage and started taking off his pants and shit and, like, throwing them around and, like, he drank that Red Bull and he was getting all hype. And then he yeah. just sat down and kicked the shit out of Daigo like it was me or you. Yeah, and then he and he gets up and he pulls out like a Korean flag. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that was crazy, man. That was just amazing. I mean, of course, everyone likes to see the champion lose. So seeing Daigo lose, as good as Daigo is, everyone was cheering like crazy. It was like, it was ridiculous. This is the kind of shit that you can't miss, Evo. This is why you can't yeah, miss. Yeah, you Evo. had to be there. Like, if you weren't in that room during that time, you missed out. That it was, was. It's just like, you know, I, okay. Everyone listening to this that didn't go to Evil this year because they don't have money, listen. Start saving now. It's coming. You know it's coming. Let me tell you right now. Don't wait for Evil to be announced. I'm telling you now, it's going to be next year, July or August. You don't have to know. Okay? It's coming. So save your money. It's going to happen. Save Even your money. Even like a dollar a day, you'll be fine. Dude. Seriously, depending on where you're coming from, of course. But there's people like, you know, John Hammer was there, Solas. He's from Chicago or some shit. And he was like, dude, I fucked up not coming last year. I fucked up bad. And I, <laughs> I know, dude. And he's like, it's never going to happen again. I'm, I'm going to save 20 bucks a month. It's no big deal. You know, you spend more than that on fucking getting haircuts and shit. 20 bucks a month. All right. Just put it aside. And I want to see. Everyone at Evo next year. I don't want to hear any more fucking. I didn't have money. Something came up. If you, you plan ahead, now. if you listen to this podcast and you're not at Evo, there's a problem. Yeah, you're a moron. And Damien agrees because Damien was at Evo and he listens. So yeah, if you can make it, I, I highly suggest you go. Um, one of the last things I wanted to say is, you know, I want to give mad props to Team Spooky, Finest KO, and Offcast. For running just a really, really professional yet from the streets stream, I really liked the the kind of mesh that they more ma they managed to like combine the two and have this like really professional stream that was ran like really well on time. Everything was really cool, but then it didn't feel like it was so stuffy where you couldn't be yourself and you know talk some shit even though like it was a pg-13 stream and i couldn't yeah. curse i was still able to have fun with coyote police and like you know that was really fun and i was able to talk trash and i was able to do my thing and i didn't really feel like i had to not be myself and i feel like that's a really hard thing to achieve and i want to really give shout outs to those guys they all did a great job and i know it's an amazing amount of work and i don't know how much money they're getting paid or if they're getting paid at all but i know it's not enough uh these guys did a great job so big shout outs to those guys and if do you have anyone else you want to talk about or any shout outs you want to give out uh mike um i guess pretty much everybody that i met at evo i pretty much want to give a shout out and you know thanking them for coming up and you know taking their time to say what's up you know yeah, there was a lot this year. I mean, a ton. My friends were getting pissed at me because, like, I couldn't even have a conversation. You know, it was like, oh yeah. <laughs> not that I mind. I mean, it's cool. It's nice of people to come up and say what's up. 
but it was ridiculous. It was like, I, I saw Seth Killian outside, and, you know, me and him, like, we're kind of cool, and we're, we're talking about life and shit. We're just talking about what's up. And I couldn't even have a conversation with him because so many people between, like, Seth Killian, he's like fucking, you know, he might as well be fucking Harrison Ford and shit, you know, he's a legend. And between me and him, we couldn't fucking have a conversation without people just coming up to us nonstop. And, you know, it's really cool. And I, I really appreciate everyone coming up and introducing themselves and talking shit. A bunch of people were like, Harris, you're a bitch. And I didn't even know who they were. I was like, man, fuck this guy. <laughs> But it was really cool, you know, seeing everybody, and, man, I can't believe it's over. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's, it sucks. So, like, yeah. every day's a drag until fucking next year. I know. Got to wait. I mean, we're, hopefully, maybe NorCal pulls a strong style, or maybe something's going to happen soon, because I need, I got I got an itch. You know, I got I to gotta do something. Yeah. Anyway, so before we wrap things up, I wanted to let everyone know that I want to bring back the segment we had a while ago where we answer questions that are asked in the comments from the previous uh, podcast. We've kind of, I kind of have forgotten about that. But if you guys have any questions for me and Mike or uh, need any advice about anything, if you have a rash that you don't know what it is or, you know, if uh, anything you want, any, any questions you have, just uh, shoot, a, shoot us a line on the comments or you can uh, send me an email if you want. But comments would be better because they're all in one place. And we'll answer your questions on the next podcast. And the last thing I wanted to uh, let you guys know of is... You can follow Mikey Mike's Twitter. What's your Twitter, Mike? Uh, Twitter is uh, twitter.com slash the name is M-Y-K. There you go. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash avoid the puddle. Uh, I had to drop the I-N-G because of a character limit, so avoid the puddle. So follow us both on Twitter, um, and we'll keep you up to date to, uh, you know, probably. for that Evo. Yeah, everything, everything. So... Thank you guys for listening. Um, it's been fun, and I'm going to do my best to do as many podcasts as possible, but, you know, I'm a busy guy. So, anyway, keep your eyes on the website, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>